Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And yeah, today is Current Events Monday. We always say the same thing at the beginning of our episodes and it gets a little monotonous. Um, so, you know, I always try and find different ways to start out the show and then, then we hit record and nothing else comes to mind. So I just say what we've always said. Um, habit. So it, it is habit. It is habit. But I do mean it when I say that today's episode, um, we got a lot. I mean, the ideas that we're about to expound on today and the principles that are about to be released upon your ears, uh, however... Um, uh, unwilling you are to hear them, um, are uh, interesting ones, to say the least. Jake has, has done his research on this one, and there's a lot there. But then we want to break down some of the theological um, issues related to this in a passage that... Yeah. You're going to be breaking down <laughs> all of the we, theological You have things. a warm-up, so... Um, <clears throat> oh, okay. So there's a little bit there. And of course, oh. in our discussions throughout the episode, we'll be using theology, of course. That's true. So, That's true. So, um, yeah, so lots to to break down there. Um, and and we hope it's interesting. And, and one of the things we, we want to ask right off the bat is if you find this episode interesting, even if you're halfway through and you're like, hey, you know, I've gotten something out of this or, yeah, you know, I, I heard something I hadn't heard before uh, or just a new reference or whatever. It can be anything new. I actually did that uh, that fits under the category of something new I haven't heard before. So there you go. Please share it. We, we really depend and rely on our people in our audience sharing our episodes to get some of this information out there and to kind of grow the show. Uh, you are our marketing campaign. You are the marketing strategy here. So um, we would really appreciate that. We're, we're a very, you know, we're a low budget film, uh, not film, but show, low budget show. We, we're not making you know, money off of this show. We're not doing it for those reasons. And um, it tends to lend itself well to being shared with others. We've tried to make it as easy to share it with other people as we could. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have done all the sharing we can do. We've put everything we've got into this show. And now it's up to you. So if you've gotten anything out of this, if this has been something that's helped you, um, We'd really appreciate it if you could share it. Send the show website, trdshow.net, to as many people as you can. We would really appreciate that. Again, it's trdshow.net. All right. We haven't done one of those asking for please share this episode in a while. So let's move off of that for now. But keep that in the back of your head. Today, we are talking about FBI ratings of houses. We're talking about uh, horrible things happening to the people in said houses. And um, just tyranny in general in unsuspecting forms so buckle up it's coming at you and then for my theological wrap-up i want to talk about what happens when the heathen nations rage when the heathen nations rage but before we get to all that we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and our verse this week is psalm chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 this passage says why do the heathen nations rage and the peoples plot in vain 
The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Again, that's Psalm 2, verses 1 through 4. I mean, maybe you haven't picked up on this by now, but this is one of my favorite passages, the whole psalm of all time. <laughs> it is a message of uh, insight into what's going on in the world, behind the scenes, what's really happening. It is a message of justice. Those who commit cosmic treason get what's coming to them in the end. It's a message of kingship who's really in control. And at the end of the day, it's a message of hope. And I hope, eh, no pun intended, that we can draw that out and discuss that today. All right. That's all I want to say on that verse because I'll be talking about this extensively. Oh my goodness, yes. Extensively. At the end of this episode. And Jake has a lot to say. So, dude. I'm going to pass it your way. Take it away. What do you got for us today? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I wanted to do multiple things, but I decided on just doing one. So I did start out talking with a header uh, and trying to encapsulate everything. I might I might talk about something else that I do not have written down and it's unscripted, but so beware that might not go greatly. Yeah, Jacob unscripted um, with a microphone in front of him. This can only lead to trouble. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. That's why people typically don't let me do that. But um, <laughs> I'm in We're gonna control unleash, now. Unleash um, the Jacob Kraken today. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it'll be more effective my, than the last one. Mm, mm, Sorry. Yes. No. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> but um, my header is a surveillance state. With that, you could probably already tell what I'm going to be talking about, and that is the FBI. On August 9th at 6.15 in the morning, which, why would anyone want to do something that early? I don't understand. <laughs> it's an unholy um, hour to be awake. Especially to be raiding a house. I mean, <laughs> why, why? Do that at 12. <laughs> Stop doing it at 6.15 in the morning. That's way too early for that Cut kind of that stuff. that out. <laughs> But at 6.15 in the morning, FBI agents killed a man. Mm. This happened in Utah um, to a person named Craig Robertson. Robertson. Sorry, Robertson. Uh, he was killed during an FBI raid on his house. Um, Craig Robertson was a very political, politically active uh, person and... Let's be honest, he made terrible social media posts. It it wasn't warranted. It wasn't um it wasn't good. Um he made death threats to the fake president of the United States. It's wow. bad. It's really to be honest, no matter who you're doing it to, whether it be the whether it be the the president of the United States or anyone. Um it's not that's not good, right? Yeah. Uh however, nope. the FBI Yeah. Yeah. So, the FBI thinking that this was China and not America decided to follow him to his church, right? Followed him to church and then back to the house where they confronted him. 
the article went on to state that Craig Robertson told the FBI agents that it was only a dream that he could kill the president and Kamala Harris. That was his dream. Wow. But that he wouldn't actually do it. Okay. So in a sense, even though terrible as it may be, what the FBI should take away from that is that he can't do it. He he won't do it. And also, I, I must add this. I don't have this in my script or anything, but that um, Craig Robertson is retired. He uses a walking cane to get around. <laughs> he is not wow. a spry young person yeah. who can get around easily. Um, recently, he was even taking care of his, his son, who his son is an adult who was still living with him, but the, the son had some type of complications, whether it be that the son was blind or, or something. I, I think it was something, a complication along that line, so he needed to take care of his son. So he, he couldn't, in a sense, he couldn't leave the house. So his threats online could not be backed up with any action. Yeah. So, cause he can't, he physically can't do anything, but. Yeah. So um, my quick take though, I would understand if they put him on a watch list or if they were like, Hey, yeah. like yeah. he literally threatened fake or not the person who is pretending to be president right now. Like, right. You gotta, I mean, it's a high position of leadership. Now, it's currently being held by an uh, you know dementia-addled brain, but still, I mean, yeah. that I think is something for the FBI to genuinely take seriously. Right. Yeah, and, and of of course but, we cannot excuse. Yeah, we cannot excuse what he said. Right. That's right. inexcusable what he said. Yeah. Um. Never really should anyone, whether you agree or disagree, make death threats against other people. Exactly. No matter yep. who it may be. Mm-hmm. However, I also can't entirely uh, uh, agree with how the FBI handled it. And yeah, absolutely not. You know, and I'm I'm not done with all the events that occurred. I, like I said before, <laughs> that the FBI <laughs> oh, trailed. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. I had said before that the FBI trailed and confronted him at his house, right? They went to his house and they talked to him. That happened in March, right? Which is, I like I said in the beginning, this this the event where he was killed happened August. So from March to August, silence, right? So I do believe he went back to social media and talked about the FBI coming to his house and everything. Um, And again, with some, this, I don't know, understand why, but this person does not know how to restrain himself online because he even threatened those FBI agents that came to his house saying that the next time they showed up that he would shoot them. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's, Dude, it's you don't very do much, yeah. Um, however, again, let me talk about what the FBI agents did then. It, it wasn't until Biden had, what was scheduled to arrive in Salt Lake City, Utah, that the mm. FBI then raided his house yeah. and, and shot him. 
Right. What is most strange, though, and I, I'm not taking either side, right? I understand the beginning of this episode, I talked a lot about, okay, he did some really bad things with, like, what he was saying, right? But we also can't excuse what the, what the FBI did either, to which I want to bring up this fact, and it's not a fact, it's more speculation than fact. But what is most strange about the incident is that Unlike standard procedure, the FBI agents, instead of leaving the scene how it had happened for the for the FBI investigators to come in later to figure yeah. out what had gone on, uh, they they instead instead the FBI agents took Craig Robertson's body and put it outside on the front lawn under a tarp. Right. Wow. It it makes it very, this makes it very strange and raises some questions about why would they move the body? Yeah. And really, really, you know, I I could see most people asking, saying, "Well, you know, I don't know what, what what's the harm in them putting a body out there? What what nefarious things could they be? What could happen?" Well. This is my mere speculation. This is not grounded in much fact. But let me say what could, might have happened to why they might have left the body outside. Now, this may not be exactly what happened. But let me just give you some warrant as to why that might be. Um, they, they, it, it leads me to believe what they did, that they didn't want questions about who fired the first shot mm. right yeah being it was six fifteen in the morning i know if this was me i would not be awake <laughs> um it, there is a there's a chance right it, depending on how he was as a person he he might still be in bed right sleeping when the, when the fbi came in and, and rushed in Depending on where his gun was uh, located, Craig might not have been able to reach it in time to fire the first shot. So who did? Because why would they take the body out? Right? What, what reason would there be? Except for the fact that the investigators who come in later would see the body where it was, would see where he keeps his gun, and would say, hold on, he wasn't at his gun, mm. yet there were shots fired. Yeah. So instead of the FBI de-escalating a situation, they escalated to it, it to a point where they might have shot someone. Again, this is speculation. I'm, I'm sorry if people are like, oh, you know, you're not giving facts. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to give a reason as to why that might Given everything else we know about yeah. who the FBI is, what they've done, what the current Biden regime has done, or at least the people controlling him, given all of that, this is not remotely the craziest. This wouldn't be remote, even close right. to the craziest uh, conspiracy theory if it were true. I mean, yeah. So it, it's not unfounded at all. And I think it makes personally I think it makes total sense. But yeah. But we will never know because they moved the body. 
Yep. Let me just say that again. We have a hard time trying to figure out what happened because they moved the body. Yeah. All of this to say, there is a surveillance state listening to what you say, watching what you say online in through social media or even your private conversations with people. Because oh, we now have listening right devices. Now. Yes, because we have listening devices all over. It's inevitable that what you say will, can and will be used against you. Whether yep. that means your death, right? And I'm not saying this to scare people. I'm saying that it's going, in a sense, that it's going to be happening anyways. So instead, talk about the right things. You know, hmm. don't try and, don't try and, um... Hide the wrong hide, things. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but what needs to be said is that, well, maybe back in the good old days, nothing would have been done about it. Or what happened in March would have been the case where the FBI agents just knock on your door and talk to you. However, today, the FBI is not afraid of taking you out because of your beliefs. Because of what you say on the internet. Yep. To which I, I want to go back. So I've hounded on the FBI a little bit. Let's go back to Craig, right? Let's go back to uh, Craig Robertson. Who is our savior? Hmm? Trump or Christ? I did not state this before, kind of because I wanted to create suspense for this and give you all the information here. And in a sense, I know I may be beating a dead horse, but it would seem that a man who is vile and actively defies the law, the law of nature, uh, the, the man, right? who is being propped up is is now being used as our savior. And and this is all to say that this is Trump. I'm talking about Trump. Right? He defies God in everything that he does, yet he's being propped up as our savior, as a savior, as a political savior. So and what why I say this is because this person, Craig Robertson, in a sense, said said and did all these things because he liked Trump, he loved Trump, he threatened one of the attorneys who was who was speaking against Trump in the trials and in in these felony cases that he's facing. So, it in a sense, this is kind of because of Trump, you know, that that this is kind of happening. That he could, and this, like he said before, he could kill someone in the streets and people would still vote for him. That we've used him now as <clears throat> our savior. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, part of that is, yeah, he's, he, <sighs> we're putting our trust in chariots and horses in military might, in political power. Um, but as we're about to discuss, the political power and those people are the ones that got us in this situation in the first place. So yeah, you can try and fight fire with fire, but um, scientifically that doesn't work. I've never, I've never really understood why that phrase is a thing. And it means, yeah, fight the same thing with the same thing and it'll be good. 
like fight a negative with another negative and you'll get a positive. Like, okay, mathematically, sometimes that works, but not in this case. That's, that's, not, how this, that's not how this works out. Um, so it's the very same uh, things that they're trying to fight that ended up causing this. So that, that brings me into my theological wrap-up. And I want to talk about when the heathen nations rage. Psalm 2, which we reference all the time, right? Like we said at the beginning, that's kind of like one of our favorite passages here. Um, it begins by asking two questions. These two questions are, why do the heathen nations rage? And secondly, why do the people plot in vain? So why do the heathen nations rage? And why do the people plot in vain? Now, these may just be rhetorical questions to get the reader or the singer right, uh, in the right frame of mind. But I think there are also questions that the psalmist intends to answer for us a little bit later. So it could be just a rhetorical device. could just be something to be like, ooh, gets us thinking about the heathen nations raging and plotting. Or they could be actual questions that then are answered, which are both rhetorical devices, but of two different varieties. So notice, though, the state of the nations who are outside of God's covenant. They're full of anger and hatred, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions. That's Galatians 5.20. And as if that's not bad enough, that long extensive list of issues, if that's not bad enough, they're plotting. Ominous music should be playing in your head right now. All of this anger is directed in strategic ways. That's their plotting that's going on. More specifically, the next verse says, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So these people are walking around in states of anger and rage, while at the same time scheming together in secret councils against God and his anointed king, Jesus. But why? Why are they doing this? What are they so angry about? Why are the people who ordinarily wouldn't even want to be in the same room together plotting and scheming together against a common enemy? Think about it. Finland, Russia, Ukraine, England, Germany, France, America, all in the same room, leaders of all of those nations in the same room plotting together. Why? What, is, what, what could possibly cause all these people to do this? Here's why. The next verse tells us why. They're plotting against God's anointed with one goal. Quote, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. End quote. Now, you might be asking yourself, what in the world are they talking about? I mean, they're heathen nations, right? I mean, didn't God just let them do whatever they wanted to do? Wasn't it just Israel that was given all the strict laws like, hey, you can't eat this food. Oh, and if you eat this food, you have to eat it a certain way. And oh, by the way, you can't make clothes uh, with uh, mixed fibers. You have to make your clothes this way. And oh, by the way, you have to separate all when you cook things. It has to be separated this way. And you can't talk to these nations. You can talk to the... Wasn't it just Israel that got all of those things? So God didn't really have much to say about the other nations, like how they're supposed to run their lives, right? I mean, that's their dream. That's what they want. They wish they could pretend that that was true. That's an ideal state for them, isn't it? And some of today's modern, modern heathen nations have actually deluded themselves into thinking that's true. Like some of them actually genuinely believe that. 
but it's a delusion. But the answer to this question can be found in Romans 1, 18 through 19, quote, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them, end quote. Previous generations knew better. They knew that they were bound by God's law. They knew the truth. And in rage, they wanted to throw off his merciful binding laws that kept them from their own total depravity. Today, totally different matter. Today, for all of our science and fancy philosophy, we've fallen into a stupider frame of mind than previous generations could even dream of. <laughs> we and our kings, and worse, our churches, now that part should scare you, our churches think that there are no binding cords from God on our nation or world. We think we're unfettered from God's perfect law. And the really sad thing, this is what's really sad, this should really get you in the gut, is that if we keep acting that way, God will actually give us what we foolishly think we want. Quote, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Romans 1, 24 through 25. All this anger and plotting from these foolish people <clears throat> brings a response from God. This doesn't go unnoticed. And it's quite the response. Quote, he who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> the Lord holds them in derision, end quote. It's not because what they're doing is laughable. It's not comedic. It's evil. And it's cosmic treason, as R.C. Sproul would call it. God laughs because the idea that they honestly think they'll get away with what they're doing is laughable. It's laughable. They think they're really going get to get away with this, with this cosmic treason. That's hilarious. No. God is a just God. Note the next part of God's response. Quote, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Psalm 2, 5 through 6. As Acts 2, 36 says, quote, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. End quote. God reminds those wicked and foolish men who seek to rebel against him and his king, that they are subjects of his kingdom. This world is God's kingdom. The wicked don't rule it. They don't own it. God does. He has set his king on Zion over the whole world. Christ reigns. And now it's our job to remind the nations of this. Remind the nations what God did in setting Christ as king on Zion. Quote, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. The ESV says nations as thy inheritance. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. That's Psalm 2, 7 through 9. KJV. The wicked nations think that they're so high and mighty they can murder their own citizens or imprison them for saying things they don't like or take more of their money than God requires or 
take their land or take their children or indoctrinate their children in wickedness. It goes on and on and on. You get the picture. These nations will face consequences for their actions. And in the final part of this psalm, there's a warning that we're meant to deliver to these wicked men. Quote, now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly, quickly kindled. And that's Psalm 2, 10 through 12. That's the warning we're meant to deliver to the kings of this earth. That's the warning that was delivered in the book of Acts by the apostles to the kings of the earth. But we aren't left hanging there. God has plenty of books and passages about judgment for us to delve into, and we should. But this passage, and this is what's so unique about this psalm, all of that judgment, all of that um, truth and hard-hitting just truth. And we get a very peaceful, merciful ending. In this passage, the faithful are given encouragement from a loving God. Quote, blessed are all who take refuge in him. Psalm 2, verse 12. We aren't left in judgment, those of us who take refuge in Christ, those of us who know the truth and don't suppress it in our righteousness, those of us who are saved by Christ, not on our account, but for his account. On his account, he paid that price. We are blessed when we take refuge in him. So call of action today. Remember what the end of the heathen nations will be. Remember what comes to unjust rulings from kings. And remember, they want more than anything to throw off the bonds of the law of God. But also remember that they are bound, as is Satan, by the laws of God. They are not left to do whatever they want even though at times it looks like it, and that sometimes they'll stretch the boundaries of those laws. They are not unbound. So take comfort in that. And let's get to work. We've talked so many times in so many episodes about the work that there is to be done. This is one sphere, but it's an important one. Civil government, for sure. Pay attention. Now, Jake did all this research for a reason. This <laughs> is stuff we need to know, stuff we need to look into. It's important. So do your research, look into this, stay current, understand what's happening, but also be comforted that God reigns, Christ reigns, he's in control of everything. Any final thoughts, Jake, before we, we wrap up today? I think also another encouraging thought should be the fact that while, <clears throat> while the heathen nations do all these things, God laughs. Yes, right. amen. And yep. that we are God's foot soldiers. When a general, mm. right, in a war, laughs at the enemy because they are doing something stupid, the soldiers should feel comforted to say, oh, this is an easy victory. Oh, this is, <laughs> is going to be easy. The general yeah. thinks that, that they're, gonna, that they're <laughs> just going to mess up and we're going to just take over. Yeah. So how much more when the God of this world, when, when the God who created this world, who created tactics, who created <laughs> generals, right, says these people are laughable, 
how much more should then we say who who we have God on our side in a sense when we follow God he is who who could be against us right yep we should not fear them because God laughs at them we should laugh yeah. at them too amen yeah absolutely thanks Jake that was a really good way to round it out Thank you all in the audience so, so much for watching or listening to us today. trdshow.net is a show website. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We're looking forward to he- uh, seeing you on Wednesday where we go through the next three to four. I think it's four chapters in the book, the Horse and His Boy. Uh, very exciting to go through those. Um, so we'll see you on Wednesday. But remember, everyone, until then, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>